Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gil, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! To the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. I actually am Nick Engvall, back with my guys, <laughs> Mike and Robbie. What's going on, fellas? Hey, man, it's good to be a trio again. We got the whole band back together. Yeah, I'm over here. I'm just like, who's, who's going to be the... Like, I want to make a Beatle analogy, but we don't have a fourth person for the Beatles. So, um, I mean, we could just we could just straight up be like, you know, John, Paul and George and leave Ringo out since he was kind of the outcast. Right. Yeah. No one likes. Dang. No, we're like we're like the Jonas Brothers or Hanson. One of those, you know, that makes more sense. Right. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. All right. I, I I'm following you. Lost a lot of credibility. <laughs> The Ghetto Boys, <laughs> Bushwick, Bushwick Bill. What? Yeah, and there's two other guys, right? Or is there one? Ghetto Boys. Yes. Uh, yeah. Scarface. I think it was. Oh man. You know what? We'll just be like one third of Wu Tang. That's fine. Easy enough. We'll find some more members. Submit your applications. <laughs> one third. Um, where does tank? Willie D, right? Willie D. Who just said we're just a tank? <laughs> um, so uh welcome back to another episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. We uh want to start out before we get into the news. We've got business to take care of, and we wanted to shout out we've got two new Patreon members this this past week. Uh one goes by Pouncer and the other goes by Varian. So shout out to both of you for helping us out and supporting us through Patreon. If you're interested, it's patreon.com slash sneaker history. There's a bunch of tiers. You can get some cool stuff, stickers, shirts, random stuff. We do extra podcast episodes over there and we do a handful of blog posts, uh, just kind of like interesting stories that we want to share with everybody. So if you're interested, check it out. It starts as low as five bucks a month, basically. And if not, if you uh, are a listener and you are appreciate and you appreciate the podcast, uh, consider checking us out on iTunes. We have almost sixty reviews, so we would really appreciate getting that last push to get us to sixty. And uh, we, I wanted to read this one, Robbie, because it was uh, directly in regards to your interview with Giovanni, which I thought was super dope too. So if you haven't listened to that episode, um go back a few episodes interview with giovanni to talk about his passion for football but the 
uh, review comes from Cookie Puss 07. Super cool story. Giovanni is living out the dream from being a diehard football fan to now designing Nike football uniforms for youth, helping them build confidence on and off the field. Keep up the good work. I just thought it was cool. So, yeah, and his name is <laughs> That's an old Beastie Boys song, right? Cookie Puss? I think so, yeah. I'm pretty dang sure. Our music references are just are off. We're, 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 we're very hesitant <laughs> in our knowledge, but I know for a fact, I was just trying to make conversation. Cookie Puss is a Beastie Boys song. Boom. And thank you, Cookie Puss. Um, <laughs> I'm a top <laughs> team, so. so, uh, we've got a handful of things to talk about. Where do you guys want to start? I'll let you guys pick. We just got so much. <laughs> I mean, I was going to get on a soapbox and, um, and put a PSA out there. Uh-oh. And I don't give a crap about PETA. If you're in PETA, that's cool. But for the next 30 seconds, I'm on your side. Quit using hair on shoes. I know it's fake hair. So I guess PETA is actually happy that they use fake hair. But the fact that they keep using hair on sneakers on 2019 in 2019 blows my mind. We have an Air Jordan 4 with some pony hair on the toe. We have a literal abomination and this Nike Shock EL, <laughs> which has both Python, Python and pony. <laughs> Those are two of the P's in my life that I'm not a fan of. Like, that's, that's a hard no-go. And this is all being brought up because... I was so stoked to see official images of a black cat Air Jordan 4 and I click on the I click on the clickbait and I look at it and my jaw drops and I'm like god damn it did you not learn anything from the Jordan 6 that you guys <laughs> dropped earlier this year the social status ones that were like instead of just being a normal brick it was a hairy brick which is infinitely more awkward it says why do you keep trying to do this why it's like someone that keeps cheating and you keep taking them back they say they're gonna do better and then they release this it's like and it's not just nike there's other bad hairy shoes i can't think of any because actually nike's done every bad hairy shoe i can think of so no more hairy shoes yeah i, I can agree that's, with what, that. that's where we're starting i was gonna mess with you <laughs> yeah, no, no more pony hair, cow hair. In in regards to this, TL looks like dog hair. So I don't know. <laughs> it just it just seems forced to me. It's it's not, you know, I don't know. It's just not a wearable thing for me because I don't like take care of my shoes and like I wear them and just wear them like I don't want to think about. You know, sometimes I wear stuff and I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna wear this in the rain or to the beach or something because I know the shoe won't last. But when the shoe is just going to like pick up a bunch of dust and dirt and it's going to look like even more beat than, yeah, it's just not for me. Like it's just not a style for me, but. You know, I haven't seen any of the uh, cleaner companies that I know of to come out with anything for this, for all this pony hair. That's been coming out lately. Sneaker cleaner. 
Yeah, dude, I mean, maybe just shampoo it. I no, don't know. You, like you just said, you bring him in the shower with you. You get your head and shoulders. You put it in your hand. <laughs> and you gently, and you gently exfoliate the scalp of your toe box. Um, I mean, there is the year of the dog, which I believe was the first Chinese New Year Nike. At least it was in the first pack of Chinese New Year shoes. Um, but there's the day of the um, year of the dog Air Force One that has a hairy toe. And those are hella cool. Just because of the story behind it. Like, oh, like Zodiac dog. It makes sense. There's a purpose behind it. It's throwing black hair on an all black pair of Jordans for shits and giggles. Does not make me shit or giggle. Like, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's a little black cat now. If you want to get a little technical, what if it's cat hair? Does that does that make it any better? Oh, only if I oh, can trim cry cat cat hair. and put its hair on my shoes. Like customization. <laughs> her hair is creamy and luscious. Um, it is no, kind man. of crazy that this is like a, like multiple shoes, right? I mean, that the shocks. Yeah, the the four the Jordan four is super disappointing to me. I would love to have just like a, a new black cats. Uh, the 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 shocks are like just bizarre, and we'll put a link in the description. But even the even the way that like Sneaker News posted about it, they post like the you know the first picture is like the the back of the shoe, so you don't see the ugliness of the front, which you know is about as ignore the front. About as, uh, you know, I guess obvious like, obvious as you can get. Yeah. But uh, sneaker formatting for a website, lesson 101. Don't make the first picture of the shoe you're talking about the back angle. That's like, that's <laughs> like rule one. <laughs> Makes you suspicious unless, right off the bat. Yeah. Unless it's the no photos Jordan 1 or the quality LeBron 15. If it's not one of those two shoes, you're trying to hide something. <laughs> but it's like, I always say there, there's a consumer for everything. Like Nick's the consumer for these old Nike trainers. Who's the consumer for that TL? Oh, Ooh. that's a great question. If you know somebody that would, you know some, that if you know somebody that would wear <laughs> this TL, the shocks TL, uh, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram so we can, uh, Encourage them to have better taste. No, just kidding. If they like it, they I, like it. I, I, don't talk to them. I just don't think anybody's <laughs> wearing that shoe. I'm a tag Del Dallas Penn from Complex. Um, if you don't follow, if you don't follow Dallas Penn on Instagram, your life has been shortened. Um, <laughs> but he's he's the self-proclaimed slash. He he knows what he's talking about. Um, outfit architect. So like he can make any shoe like I seen him take some shoes that are laughable and just pair it with the right polo outfit and it yeah. works. So, I mean, it, maybe it takes a New Yorker. It takes a full blooded New Yorker to make those TLs shine. Well, but that's, but that's a very specific market. Keeping up the complex employees. I'm pretty sure this would be a Trinidad James shoe and no one even asks a second question. You're like, oh, OK, it makes sense. Yeah, right. Yeah. Trinidad is going to wear like a hairy vest with no undershirt. <laughs> and, and, and be like, and 
It drip. Just, yeah, just drip everywhere. Now that we've uh, gone too far down that path, let's uh, find another shoe that Robbie doesn't like at all. Although this one I like. The uh, the Beams X Mita Sneakers CMT 580 with a protective shroud over the laces, a zippered protective shroud at that. Looks like a little bit of uh, ballistic nylon. I- I'm totally into these. You guys aren't feeling them. Are you? Are you into them, Mike? No, I'm not a big shroud guy. But I like the fact that you can unzip the shroud and kind of expose the laces. And I like that model, that CMT 580. I have a pair of the, uh, the burnt rubbers, the blue collar joints from like 2012, 2013. And uh, yeah, I'm here for this one. Robbie, how do you feel, sir? <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> Strong no. I mean, I would rather, man. You have rather of a cat shoe? No, I mean, so my my go to, what I wear or not is I equate it to a pair of Skechers. I'm like, would I rather wear a pair of Skechers or would I rather wear these shoes? And it's a toss up. If I get to choose the Skecher, that's a strong statement right there. (laughs) I can get some real good, and we'll talk about flying it knockoffs later. But I can get some real good flying it knockoff sketchers. That'd be fire. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree oh, on that. Too far. Um, although you know what, sketchers and LA gear, the collab, you never True. know. Get some '80s vibes going. A little like, you know, yeah. Um, the lights back. So the, the the interesting thing about the CMT 580 or MT580, um, I think. Some people probably know this, but like the that particular model from New Balance uh, was introduced as like an exclusive silhouette for Mita sneakers in Japan. Uh, I want to say like 2001, 2000, 2001, something like that. Um, I just like the the style, the silhouette. I just think it's like super chunky, dope shoe. But this I I think it's cool that New Balance is trying this be, because it's different from what they normally do. You know, like of all the brands, I'd say New Balance is, um, you know, the least likely to 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 take a chance like this. Where you know we 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 see Nike, like you said, Nike is going to throw pony hair or whatever kind of hair on any silhouette at any given time, and I think that the you know, the, the the designs that come from New Balance, they really don't get too crazy. They they stick with what works for them. And to let somebody come in with a collab and kind of just, you know, take it a, a little further than normal is always a good thing, in my opinion. But I definitely like the shroud. I'm a big fan of, like, the kind of lace cover stuff or, you know, any type of zipper closure. Um, but I don't know. I would take the shroud off in every situation. There is a situation to take a shroud off, except for the Jordan 19 and the Jordan 18. And <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, 
the the Jordan 18 and 19 necessary. It makes the shoe do what the shoe is going to do. But in all other situations, what's the point of a shroud? Like what utility purpose? What what purpose is there other than making it easier to slide your shoes on and not have to fully tie them? See the shroud covers up the laces, which keeps your laces clean. There, boom. Get new laces. It's the easiest thing to replace on a pair of shoes. But um, like the Quest Love Nike Dunks, I believe from like 2008, 2009, maybe even 10, because I'm not 100% sure. But you know what I'm talking about. They're, they're candy red. Um, I would take the shrouds off those bad boys instantly. I believe there was a yellow pair too of Quest Loves. Those would also lose the shroud quick. Jordan 16, Jordan 17, both better without shrouds. The, the um, emotionally unavailable Air Force One from earlier this year, way better without the shroud. Like, shroud is like putting, so it's like putting ketchup on a hamburger. Like, you just, you just don't need it. it. It should be good on its own merit without yeah, needing I agree, that ketchup. Because I, I would definitely rather have a shroud on all the shoes that you mentioned. I feel like I feel like the, the dunk and the Air Force <laughs> ones are super boring without the shroud. At least they're sort of interesting. Like I'm I'm not well, I, I also like for some reason just think any anything that has like a strap or a shroud has just always kind of been my thing. Like, you know, the Reebok like alien stoppers were super dope to me when I was a kid. Cause it was just like, what the hell is that? Um, air raids and, you know, the like Dion, you know, turf trainers, all those shoes that had like something a little extra on them were always something that I liked. Cause I felt like that was what stood out from everybody else. All you common folk that have to tie your shoes with traditional laces. <laughs> <laughs> you know because because clearly people have like pretty strong opinions on it and i think that um i don't know i'd be curious to know like what our listeners think you guys you guys digging the the covers the straps shrouds all these things or you rather just have the laces i mean sometimes i think you know i think we're kind of like having this like very black and white conversation about it but there's a lot of shoes where, to me, it really depended on the color. If if it, you know, improved it or not, you know, I, like specifically thinking about like the Jordan 16, the cherry woods look super dope with a shroud to me, but the gingers look better without, in my opinion. So yes, uh, I don't know, just my two cents. Case by case basis. I think that's what should we yeah. have a case by case basis. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Case by case basis is the perfect transition to uh the main thing we wanted to talk about tonight is uh all these sneaker companies basically like uh suing each other and claiming that everyone's using their technology. Meanwhile, you got Reebok and Adidas that are like, hey, we're under the same company now, we're gonna make some ultra boot or we're going to make some boost pump furies so um we thought we'd talk about some of the the history like recent history of these companies and their lawsuits and i wanted to kind of 
jump back to uh, 2012 to start because that was when Nike and Adidas first got into their uh, lawsuit around like Flyknit and Ultranet, I think is what Adidas called theirs when it first came out. Um, I don't remember which one I saw on the market first. I think that the first one that I remember was Adidas because it was the Olympics and it was those bright red and bright green, you know, yellow green, whatever, neon, uh, Addy Zero race running shoes. But obviously Flyknit, you know, became the thing and is like the bigger in terms of popularity and in terms of, you know, market awareness and in terms of like just consumer connecting to the consumer. Right. So do you guys happen to remember what, which one you guys saw first? I saw the Flyknit first and that was actually the Olympics as well, but it was the men's basketball team wearing them on the podium. They were wearing the Volt Flyknit oh, trainers on yeah, the podium. That's right. You're right. Yep. I do remember that. But I saw, I remember seeing PrimeNet at the same time, but PrimeNet was just like when 4D first came out, it was on just very exclusive items that cost a ton of money that no one knew where they came out, how they came out. You just saw random people, you know, with them. No, 100% the first time was the FlyNet trainer. The trainer one flying or whatever oh, the yeah. exact verbiage is, but the bright volt joints, you never forget that when everybody's wearing red, white, and blue <laughs> right next to it. But I've always wondered how I made the joke a couple minutes ago about Skechers and their knit technology. Like, how much can you really be switching up between Prime Knit, Fly Knit? Skechers shit net and then uh what's this Puma uh Evo net from so it's like when you feel it you can tell the difference like if you feel a pair of 350 Yeezys the prime knit is a lot so like it feels softer and more like like rope and what I mean by that is the little fibers and like the the essence of the knit has more texture to it than like a pair of fly knit racers. Those are extremely thin. They're very flat. Um, but when we're just comparing fly knit to those other processes, leaving out battle knit and all the other knits, um, there really isn't a difference. Like how, how can Nike say that they have like supremacy over that kind of technique about it when everybody's been doing the same thing. I got to stop. Because they can. Just because they're bigger than everybody else. They just, they can bully everyone around. I mean, but Skechers just is so, we, they don't care. They're like, you know what? We're going to, we'll call it flying in too. We'll just wait till you sue us. All right. It is what it is. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's very, um, It's very interesting to kind of look at how how much back and forth there is between all these brands, you know, and sometimes it makes total sense, right? I think of like when when 
the three designers from Nike basketball or not Nike basketball, but from Nike um, left to go to Adidas. You know that there's going to be a lawsuit with that just because people, three people leaving at the same time, you know, any, any company is going to kind of throw a fit if that happens. And I don't necessarily think those guys did anything wrong. Mm -hmm. I think that there's this like false sense of, I, I was just talking to a, talking to a friend about it um, the last couple of days where there's a very Nike and Adidas in Portland. There's a very like, I, I don't want to call it public, but there's a very like strong feeling at least on the Nike side that you don't work with people across the river at Adidas. And to me, it doesn't make any sense. It's like saying, you know, LeBron is never going to play for another team besides Cleveland. And, you know, like that's the part, that's part of what makes businesses successful is bringing people from, you know, different brands and different experiences into their team and like incorporating them and using some of their ideas and, you know, their energy and like how they work with your existing people and how people ebb and flow out of businesses. And it's weird that it's a, like, kind of like a, a feeling that you have there where, where, you know, there's this kind of unspoken back and forth between Nike and Adidas when, you know, like we've talked about on previous episodes, how many people, you know, like the people that are working on, you know, the, uh, the, the latest adapt Hirachi adapt, you know, like the, one of the lead designers from Under Armour, you know, like people from Nike from, you know, if you work in the footwear business, like, you know, we talked about on our Patreon, um, episode this week about Converse and their kind of, you know, rise back to, uh, you know, like relevance, I guess. And a lot of people that were at Converse spent time at Reebok. A lot of those people moved to Puma. There's there's just a lot of things where uh, specifically in like the Pacific Northwest or in the Boston area, those are two like kind of central hubs for footwear. You can work in LA and you can work in New York, but like a lot of the brands have a presence in, you know, Portland and Boston. So to me, it just doesn't make sense that you know, there's this kind of like, oh, you're not loyal to the company. It's like, no, the company, you know, why would you be loyal to a company? Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't be loyal while you're working there, but like, you don't, you don't owe that company anything. You're paid as an employee, you know, like you're probably underpaid as an employee. They probably make a lot of money off of you the same way that athletes, you know, like student athletes get made, you know, they're profitable for colleges or, you know, players like LeBron make, Owners like Dan Gilbert, lots of money. Like that's how it works. And to me, like to say that you have to stick with a company or you have to like hate somebody from another company just makes absolutely no sense. That said, I, the lawsuit thing, I totally get, you know, like if you feel that you've made something and you see somebody copied it and you work for a big company like Nike or Adidas, then you have access to lawyers, to money, to be able to fight these things. And it's, an ongoing thing for a lot of this stuff. So this particular instance, you know, now that we're, you know, what, seven years away from it, uh, the latest update that I could find on this particular lawsuit over the fly knit or the, over the knit technology 
um, was in 2017 and they were, they were still going back there, you know, countersuits and like all this, you know, garbage, basically just spending and keeping money and people locked up in these lawsuits is a waste of time. In my opinion, um, you know, this much longer, like imagine if we didn't have all this BS and it was just like, okay, cool, whatever, make a decision, slap on the wrist, fines, whatever, move on. And you get back into being creative because there's nothing really that feels good about stealing something from somebody else. In my opinion, if you, if you're going to create the technology, then that's one thing, but a lot of this, a lot of these brands, you know, sketchers you mentioned, but like I wanted to look at a different kind of lawsuit that just popped up more recently. And it's essentially Nike saying that, uh, that Puma is, has foregone independent innovation is instead using Nike's technologies without permission. This was from 2018, 2019. Yeah. 2018. And Nike's what's that? This is a counter, uh, counter suit against the uh, the beads that whole deal, the jamming, and then the well. So whatever. According to the Footwear News article, it said that Nike filed suit against Puma for perpetrated patent infringement in Massachusetts federal court, and it was in regards to unauthorized use of its Flyknit air and cleat assembly technologies. I would say Joyride if it was Joyride. So air back. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Joyride. Well, but this is pre, this is pre Joyride, right? Twenty eighteen. So it is it is the jamming, which is like the you know the beaded kind of uh, they call it in the they call it in the article an article of footwear comprising a sole structure incorporating a fluid filled bladder and a reinforcing structure secured to the bladder to the bladder. I was like, yeah, use it bladder. What? Well, I think I think like from a patent pers- from a patent perspective, that doesn't sound right. From like thinking in the terms of patents, the bladder would be just like the air bag, right? You wouldn't call it an airbag, so they're calling oh, it. Oh, okay, bladder. that now makes more um, sense. Okay, which, damn, I don't know that, that that in itself is is you know like Nike's saying that they've been violating this all the way back to. Um, 2017 and then the the cleated thing was like back to 2015 so it seems like they've been sitting on this waiting to like you know waiting to 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 jump on puma for for this anyway it is kind of interesting that we haven't seen you know at this time 2018 we hadn't seen nike's joyride stuff it got pushed out this year and you know like my perception probably just like most people that are kind of the common consumer I thought it like I thought it was Puma's technology. Like I had seen the Puma technology first, so it seemed uh, like I don't know that that seemed to be the 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 copy seemed to go the other way, right? No, yeah, it really weird. I mean, I feel like anytime a brand's starting to do well, like after you've said this now a couple times, like going through the whole kind of history of this, I think when a brand starts doing well. Nike kid is going to be like, okay, let's go throw a suit on them just to kind of stunt their growth a little bit. But what gets me is that you, me, Robbie, anybody we know or don't know who buys shoes, does this stop you from going to buy, you know, 
a Puma or is it going to stop you from going by Adidas or to stop you from going by Nike if one of the other brands sue Nike? Truly, these, all these things do get wrapped up in paperwork in court. No, I, I've never seen a winner from any of these cases except anything against Skechers because they blatantly rip brands off. But it seems like it's just a bunch of nonsense and just kind of a, what I like to call it, a, a pissing contest that no one's winning. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Very, very good point. Um, it's like it's all politicking. T i c k i n politicking, and um, because this is what they do. This is pretty much a shoe filibuster, right? Or it's also like a countersuit. So, like, here's a really a bridge version of how suing your company typically goes. So you, you, you get hurt on the job and you want to sue, but there's something in your contract talking about litigation. So they'd rather put you in litigation and have you settle there because they don't want to have, and my girlfriend who's a lawyer is looking at me like, oh, you're an idiot, um, is looking at me like, that's not how it goes. Mitigation? Mediation? Just trying to give me lawyer prep right now. <laughs> but basically what it comes down to, is that companies have a lot of money and if they can keep something, keep paying money into a lawsuit, they're going to do that because they can just keep you from advancing with their money and their ability to keep you in court. So like, maybe that's why they hold on to stuff like this to try to drop the hammer, so to speak at the right time. But it's all politicking. That's all this is. And to kind of piggyback off what Nick said a bit ago about companies having designers or employees in general go from well, like Adidas to Nike or Under Armour to Nike is yeah, there's a no compete clause, but once those 90 days, three months, whatever the, the time period is, you think those people are going to not work in the industry anymore. They're like not going to seek a similar, if not better role at another company. Like, that does nothing. Ultimately, there's going to be commingling, whether you dictate it to be right after former employment or three months down the road. There's going to be those connections. Yeah, I, th I think, and specifically for the the three Adidas designers, or sorry, the Nike designers that moved to Adidas, theirs was I I want to say they had a year of of non compete where they they all kind of ditched everything and went dark even on social media for the most part i know this isn't a valid argument in terms of like courts and that kind of thing but i think that a lot of things happen within you know particular businesses or passions for people where you the natural progression for a lot of things is the same whether you're sitting at nike or sitting at adidas and i don't mean that like you know you're going to come with, with the exact same solution but you know thinking about let's say let's just go to cars because that's one of my favorite things right if you look at like like entertainment systems in cars back in you know like when i used to work in that business you know you would you would see the progression of like okay cool we're we're going to have a you know a dvd player and then we're going to put a gps system in and then well, guess what? The next logical thing is to like connect your phone to that. And the next logical thing is to, you know, be able to play your movies or to be able to, you know, 
play your Google Maps off your phone onto the onto the car. Like all of these things are kind of natural things. So like you might work for a brand that's working on one of those things. But, you know, it's like if you look at electric cars right now, everybody's trying to figure out how to make electric cars because we're all kind of moving in that direction as a society. And, you know, whether it's Flyknit or Ultranet or whatever you want to go, EvoNet from Puma, like everybody's doing some form of knit around that same era. And it's just the natural progression for a lot of the product that was coming out, you know, like, okay, we made the shoe, we made these heavy shoes in the eighties. How do we improve them? Well, we create some sort of foam in the nineties to make the, make them a little bit lighter and give them a little bit better cushioning. Well, we're going to make a, a, you know, an additional cushioning system like air or gel or hexalite or boost or whatever. Like it's all the same kind of thing, but it's like, you know, there's no real, there's nothing that, you know, can be, I don't know what the best way to put it is like, there's no connection between any of those things, but yet they're all the same. And I think that in, so in a very rare, um, me co-signing Kanye, there was another, um, situation that I remember came, came up a few years ago that was essentially like Kanye was, um, like hired somebody, I don't remember the names, but hired somebody to create uh, essentially like a a layered uh, clothing system to uh, like for apparel, right? And they hired somebody, this person put it out like as if it was a Yeezy design, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out that it was a guy that worked for Nike and he had created that like, I think his name was Tone. I think it's Tony Spackman, if I'm I'm not 100% sure. Basically, like years ago, like 2008 or something, like 10, 15 years ago, he created this. Kanye put it out, was like all excited about it. And then this guy came out and said, I already did that. He literally put it on his Instagram story and was like, the moment that Kanye, quote, reinvents, you know, your thing from 10, 15 years ago or whatever it was. <laughs> Excuse me. And what what I think was really awesome about that and what this is something that brands never do, but Kanye basically came out and said, like, I, you know, I was excited about this. I didn't realize that the original creator of this was, you know, this other guy and the guy that presented this as his own idea has been fired from the easy brand. Like, that's like the commendable way to handle a situation like that. Right. Mm. If you're the guy, let's let's say Nike created Flynet first. If you're the guy that at Adidas that saw the Flyknit stuff and was like, we need to create our own Ultranet, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of weak sauce if you just straight ripped off their technology. Now, if you saw their technology and you're like, damn, we could do this a little bit better and we could do, you know, what if we use this? What if we use that? That's different, right? Like that's kind of the progression of how we all grow and how we all move forward. Because, you know, like none of us are doing anything 100% original. Like, I didn't, I wasn't the first person to buy sneakers. I wasn't the first person to write about sneakers. I wasn't the first person to talk about sneakers on a podcast or have a website or have an Instagram. Everybody does this stuff. And eventually, you know, you run into people that like either, in my opinion, like have this kind of like respectable response the way Kanye did, where it's like, okay, cool. We realize we made a mistake. We're sorry. We're going to move forward. Or you have people that just get butthurt about it and, you know, have like all this like internet beef and like, then you end up with 
kind of the lawsuits and the, the, you know, the big business battles in court that just basically waste a bunch of money for everybody because everybody's like, well, we can just, we can just write it out and, and pay it off. So we don't have to actually do anything about it. But, um, that said, I was going to ask you guys if there was any others that you remember. Those are kind of the, the the ones that stick in my head was like the, that recent Kanye one, whenever that was a year or two ago, three, whatever. And then the uh, obviously the Nike stuff that's kind of still ongoing. And then the, the recent one with Nike, again, suing Puma. So it's Nike basically saying everybody's suing or everybody's cop. Um <laughs> And I would also argue that that's kind of true. Like they lead the, they lead the, you know, the thought process for the footwear business. So. Yeah. I can't think of anything else that comes to mind. I feel like we hit most of them that I know of. Um, shit. I, I got, I got nothing different. What about you, Robbie? Uh, I mean, if, if we don't want to go between Nike and Jordan, then I think we've hit them all too. I mean, ha- has anybody ever ripped off Healy's proprietary technology? <laughs> no, well, I think Skechers did. <laughs> you know, I, I would definitely buy a pair of size 13 Healy's. If you're the plug for Healy's, hit me up because I never found them in a shoe size big enough for me. So I never got to try them, but I would. And I would appreciate if somebody could find those for me. Make sure you're orange and black. Um, so match his hat. Of course. <laughs> no, no hair. Shrouds are okay. <laughs> Shrouds are accepted. Nah, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> um, the the other one I I did I had on my list to mention, um, only because like part of this conversations, you know and thought stemmed from the boost pump fury that's coming out whenever um well coming out in japan apparently as an exclusive but the other interesting thing is like cole han and the lunar cushioning obviously nike's moved on from lunar like it's not as big a deal now but for cole han dress shoes like i was a big fan of i am a big fan of like the lunar grands and that whole series from cole han and i wondered if people even care when like when that kind of stuff happens like does it matter if it's if it's something where it's handed down from a parent company or whatever and at this point you know cole han's no longer a part of nike but yet they still get to use the technology so i mean i wonder how did that play out like are people like butthurt about it or is it just like no whatever nobody cares about dress shoes so I guess that's nice. I think two different segments of customer. I mean, you got customers going to, you know, going out buying Nikes, buying legit just sneakers. Then you have the whole different customer who's buying Kohans. I mean, I like those sneakers or sneakers, those, those dress shoes as well from Kohan. That was pretty cool to have a, a loafer that was actually comfortable. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, just the, the segments are so, so wide that, no one really is going to be giving a fuss about that, I think. I mean, I wear those Lunar, um, Lunar Glide slash Cole Haan, the Lunar Grands. And I never put two and two together until I look at the bottom of them. And I, oh, yeah, these look like 
they look like lunar glides kind of, but for most people, they're not putting those two together. So I, I wouldn't connect them really either, but it's an important thing to bring up. Yeah, I guess that's true. Cause like a lot of people probably that are buying Cole Han aren't really thinking about seniors yeah. unless they're looking at some, you know, kind of high-end sneaker right like that's why you're buying a cole han as a sneaker yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean me personally i i honestly hate wearing dress shoes and so just me who i am i'm like oh they look they have a sneaker bottom of course i'm going to buy that because it's not a freaking hard bottom dress shoe Uh, i don't know it's kind of interesting too um just in like quick searches for lawsuits, looks like Adidas has sued in the last, well, let's see how long. I don't know. Let's, let's just go with like the last kind of 10 years or whatever. That's kind of what I was, what we'd been talking about already anyway. But Adidas sued J. Crew. This is from Footwear News, which we'll link in the bio or a link in the description. Uh, they've sued J. Crew, Skechers, Forever 21, Juicy Couture, Puma, and Marc Jacobs, all within the last five years for copyright infringement. I let them so, know now, Forever 21 will not be right. okay that out. So good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy news. But that's nuts. I mean, Puma didn't surprise me because they just go back and forth since the beginning of time, basically. Um, but I didn't know about the Marc Jacobs, the. Uh, Juicy Couture and the other deal, I had no idea about it. Did it say what for? Like, what was the reason for them suing them? Because I don't see how those other brands... I can see maybe Juicy Couture maybe doing a tracksuit that looks similar to an Adidas you know, piece of apparel, but I can't... I don't... Unless the same deal with Marc Jacobs, but I don't see how those two even intersect. Yeah, they're, they're basically saying that with the Marc Jacobs, um, with Juicy Couture and Forever 21, uh, they're essentially saying that they're, you know, using three stripes on, like, uh, on apparel. Ah. Um, and oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, and, like, the argument from the other side was that it was four stripes and not three, but you're just seeing the three in the middle, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, trying to play, like, as if running three stripes down <laughs> your tracksuit or whatever, um, whatever athleisure you prefer. The dang athleisure. Is, <laughs> is not exactly a ripoff of, of Adidas, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you trying to, yeah, you know what? I sit here and look at it. They're out here trying to just like, uh, just punk old Adidas out here. Just like, you know what? It's four stripes, not three. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Terrible. That said, I've, I would love to know what people think about these kind of lawsuits, if if it's even if it even matters to people or not, I kind of nerd out about them and go down these crazy rabbit holes. And next thing you know, that I'm, uh, you know, reading U.S. Patent four two one nine nine four five, which basically says that Nike's different plastic and rubber material that uses air is uh, like you can still not use air if it's different material. They still want the patent. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that was actually a real number. You can look it up if you want, but you know, just, just, uh, just casually in my free time reading 
<laughs> patent uh, information <laughs> around sneakers. Damn. <laughs> Anybody else nerd out like that? <laughs> Nick's actually a patent lawyer. <laughs> Um, I, I I don't. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was gonna try to say yeah, but no, no. I don't. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what what's on the radar this week for you guys? Anything? No, nah, nothing on the radar this week. I mean, I'm still nerding out about these LeBron sevens, but a, a new shoe I saw that was pretty pretty cool but simple was the the Kyrie two low, but it was uh done up like the the Sunset Air Max Plus. I thought it was pretty cool. Even had like the little tuned air tag but replaced with the ky uh for Kyrie on the back it was pretty dope um so for me footwear news and maybe you can tag this too i don't know but um there's a guy named tom brown who has a dolphin pedestal shoe so if you look up footwear news instagram feed you'll see them are these two dolphins that are about 14 inches up off the ground and you put your feet into the blowholes of the dolphins. All sounds wrong. Yep. And you walk around in these damn dolphin shoes. And they look, I mean, so stuff made for the, the runway isn't real for like practical use. But these are fire. Like if, if I'm going to go designer, this is the level of designer I'm striving for. So Dom Brown is spring 2020 freaking dolphin shoes. are are my pickup for a cool like 10 grand at least. So oh see I want to tell the Patreon, hey, everyone join Patreon. If we can raise enough money, we're buying Robbie these dolphin shoes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but he has he has to actually wear them and post videos of him wearing them. Dude, I feel like he'd be okay with that. I'd be so tall. I'd be like seven feet tall. I'd be sexy as hell, seven feet tall walking around. <laughs> no, this looks like a death trap. Look at you stuck your foot in two flower pots. But there's like fake shoelaces in the back of the dolphin's like head. So, you know what? Look like a shroud to me. <laughs> That's not a shroud. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe it kind of is, but <laughs> that's my pickup. So, Nick, what's your choice? Uh, so, I'm going to go uh, a little bit weird for my own personal taste, but. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Clot is bringing back their kind of Air Force One with that satin finish that kind of rips away or burns away for a, a different color. Uh, there's some the royal blue ones, the gum bottom. Oh, yeah. I don't know that I would ever actually buy them, but I think they look really, really dope. Um, so, yeah, that'd be my pick. Isn't it a double club with a with fragment? Oh, is it? I think if we're talking about the same ones, I think I saw a clot, uh, clot by fragment by Nike. So I think I think this one is just just clot and Nike. It's if you look up the if you look up the like clot Air Force One from the One World pack, that was the original version, and now they're they're basically doing a a blue one and I think a black one or. Or brown. Oh, the black. I'm looking at the black one now. The black one's a fragment one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, they're nice. Yeah, it has like this like tearaway finish. It's super. One day there's going to be a Nike X, Adidas X, Bape X, Supreme X, Sneaker History X, Undercover 
ask your mother, ask your father, ask your ex-girlfriend, all in one collab. Yeah, so they dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Or the air assassin. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate all of you listening. And uh, let us know what you're picking up this week or what's on your radar. What are you looking at? And if you haven't, leave us a review on iTunes. Tell us we talked too long and we rambled too much. Or tell us that you love us. Whatever. We're up for it. We can handle the criticism. And we just appreciate hearing from you. So thanks for listening. My name is Nick Ingvall. You can catch me at Nick Ingvall on all platforms. More importantly, just follow at Sneaker History on all the platforms. And uh, follow Mike and Robbie. How can I find you guys? Uh, they can find me still refreshing iTunes to find his Kanye album. But other than that, uh, you can find me at uh, Sneaker History. Find me on Instagram or Twitter at MadWatcher789. Where are you at, Robbie? Um, you can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E-702. And if you go there, I posted a food mascots ranking list on whether or not they'd be able to kick your ass. And I've been thinking about it all day. So, listeners... Do you think Tony the Tiger would be able to kick your ass or the planners guy? 100%. Look up the, look up the photo. It'll, it'll get you thinking about your childhood in a, in a different way. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Peace. See you. Bye. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. Before you take off, I just want to thank you again for listening to this episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. Remember, you can save 15% on Shrine Co. bags with the code HISTORY15 at the website, theshrine.co, T-H-E-S-H-R-I-N-E dot C-O. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. And if you want even more sneaker history content, join our Patreon page for exclusive episodes and merchandise. As always, thank you for the support, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.